Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Jamie J. Welcome back to another episode of Culture Eats Strategy with yours truly, Jamie J, the host of Culture Eats Strategy. As you know, big fan of Peter Drucker and his book, Culture Eats Strategy for Breakfast. Um, just want to give that shout out because, no, I did not make the name up, but I love what it stands for. Absolutely love it. And, and a special shout out to Christopher Lockhead for, for pushing me into challenging myself to go into this direction. Again, absolutely love it. We're going to be talking today with Dan LaFave. I've talked with Dan before. He and I have become, in my opinion, good friends. And he is pretty incredible. But before I introduce you to Mr. Dan LaFave, I wanted to tell you a little bit of a story. And it goes like this. I am a business owner and I am slammed and overwhelmed with the details. And I'm getting so frustrated because the business that I was so passionate about has now become a job. And it, I cringe when I go into work in the morning. Does this sound familiar to you? Well, this very well may be because now you're doing so many different things that frankly just do not give you energy. And so I highly encourage you, and disclosure, this is uh, our disclaimer, I should say. This is, this is my company, Bottleneck, and it's called Bottleneck Virtual Assistance, where we help stop the bottleneck in your business, and we help, help you get your life back by hiring a highly, highly skilled and qualified virtual assistant for your business. I cannot recommend it enough because I've done it for my own business, and I've seen what it does for me. So if you want to learn more about that and to stop the overwhelm, uh, go check out bottleneck.online. Okay, plug out of the way. Thank you very much. I want to introduce you today to Mr. Dan LaFave. He is the no excuse prepare, prepare for success coach and mindset engineer. Since 2012, he's helped entrepreneurs cut the time it takes to succeed and reach their goals in half and boost their productivity. He's been featured in national publications, including Business Magazine and Success Profiles Magazine, as an interviewed on radio shows and podcasts from New York to the UK, and now here in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. You can find him on social media. Go check out his site at danlefave.com. Without any further ado, Dan, welcome to Culture Eat Strategy. I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. It's so great to be here and uh, and share the inspiration, right? So. Yeah. So one of the things that is so frustrating is there's a saying. I think I talked with you just pre during our pre-interview of a t of, of a work life balance, saving time, finding time. That is the one constant. That is the one constant. There's billionaires today and there's people that are homeless today. We all have the same amount of time, but it's what we do with that time. And I told you, I'm not a big fan of work-life balance. I'm a fan and a huge raving fan at that of life balance. And time is such an integral part of that. And I wonder if maybe you can kind of tell me what you mean 
by no excuse, prepare, prepare for success and, and save time now. And what do you mean by all this? Well, the, uh, the, the idea of uh, no excuses is um, it, it comes from an idea that excuses and results are like oil and water. And years ago, for 12 years, I actually taught a spinning class every Saturday morning, and I would go in there and just, you know, uh, you know, bust it. <laughs> <laughs> Spin away. I, I tear a strip off everybody else and myself. <laughs> so, you know, but you know what the funny thing was? I would sit there at the front of the, front of the class, and I would say, you know what? This class is all about you becoming a better person, a better version of yourself. And I said, there's no excuses in this class. So if you've come in and you have some excuses as to, you know, how, you know, you're feeling sick or, you know, maybe you're going to put half the effort in it today, you know, this is not going to work because excuses are like oil and water. And I would actually invite them to leave. And, you know, and I'm not supposed to do that, right? I'm supposed <laughs> to be a representative of the gym and, you know, be nice. But, you know, it's just like, no. So, so the no excuse is is all about taking ownership and i think that we're all owners of our own life and our own choices and our own decisions so that's where that comes from um and the second part about preparing for success most people don't realize that they're doing that all the time so when you look at our lives if we you know look look what steve Jobs said you know we can't connect the dots unless you look backwards so what i do is i say okay well why don't we go into the future Let's look at your future self, right, and see what that looks like. And then let's connect the dots, going looking backwards and prepare. What, you know, who do I need to become? What do I need to do? Who do I need to study? Uh, what kind of practices and rituals and patterns and habits do I need to have to get to that place? Because it is a place in time. And uh, I actually have a, a system and a model that I like to teach called Expectation Bridge. And, you you know, you can cross that bridge but you can actually cross it by building it from both sides. You know, I don't know how they build bridges. So I haven't really studied it, but you know, if you're going to cross a bridge, why not build it from both sides, get a team on both sides. Right. And so part of, you know, you're the, you're the team. So think about it. You know, you're looking from your reality across the bridge saying, okay, this is where I am. These are the, these are the things I know. These are the, the capabilities I have. Um, and then go over onto the other side and say, okay, what does it look like over there? What does it feel like? You know, what does it feel like when I've achieved this and when I have this business flowing the way it is and, and the lifestyle the way I wanted it or want it? And then once we do that, then we're building from both sides, right? Because that's you have to build it first in your mind and then your body and the environment and the world catches up. Like that's that's how it always works. Um, but, you know, why not go into the future, connect those dots and then look from where you are and decide what is that I need to do to become that that person that, uh, you know, um, that leader, um, you know, what, what, uh, what kind of, uh, personality do I need to have to, um, to be in that position, you know, because, you know, it, it people win lotteries, but <laughs> that's not, that's not normal, right? That's not everybody. Right. right. So we're not talking about winning the lottery. We're talking about, you know, you say, this is where I want to go. This is what's going to look like. This is what it feels like when I get there. And then you can bridge that gap and prepare because we are all, all preparing for something, some of us not preparing for anything at all because we're just reacting. We're in reaction mode. And, yeah. uh, and that, you know, the save time part, uh, that's why I was going to mention that too, because, you know, if we're in reaction mode, we're actually not in control of our time because we're just reacting to our environment. We're totally, you know, uh, un, you know, out of control. <laughs> so, you know, it's like. So th th this, this, this podcast is all about culture. 
It's about strategy, but it's about putting culture above strategy. Now, what I heard you say is uh, bridge the gap. Why not work from both ends? Um, what are you thinking? How, how are you going to communicate this? Um, and then you talked about reacting um, instead of uh, planning, I, w- I would imagine. I see a very straightforward cultural aspect to what it is that you just mentioned. And I'm wondering if maybe you can elaborate on, on a little bit on why you feel communication is so important and how do you communicate um, what your intentions are? Because this is a direct correlation to providing a good culture, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, how, how, do, how would you, you said communicating, how would you communicate this? Now, when you, you take the example of working from the bridge on both sides, you're, you're seeing this in advance, but how do you get that to come to fruition? Well, it's, it's requires repetition. So, um, you know, that's, that's the, the only way that we know right now. And, and also you can get emotionally charged or, you know, get your emotions involved. Not many people can do that actually. So, um, even using your imagination is pretty challenging for people. Uh, your, our imagination comes out of our prefrontal cortex and most people have a hard time using that. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, the, the key thing is, um, we need to get a clear picture in our mind because if we don't have a clear picture, then how can we expect it? And, you know, there's parts of our mind that, you know, our hard drive of our mind is our subconscious mind. And unless we give it a clear picture, it cannot produce the results. There's just, there's no way. What do you do to get a clear picture? Well, I like to do a combination of things. I'm, I'm a writer, so I love writing. So I'll just, I write like, I, mean, I can't tell you how much I write every day. It's just, you know, it's, pages and pages and pages, just wow. journaling. And uh, yeah, and I write affirmations and I repeat words to myself. And, you know, so, so I'm, I'm kind of, I, I'm the type of person that like, I think of it like I'm attacking this thing from all different angles. So I don't, I don't just say, okay, I want this thing. I write it down and then park it, uh, you know, someplace. So yeah. you know, right here on my wall, I have a vision board. That vision board basically classifies everything that I have in my life. And, and when we talk about culture, I'm trying to pass on a culture of what I call the five F's, faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances in that order. And so I'm trying to teach people not to let the finances and the money control them, which is really the way most people let their lives uh, get controlled today. So, so, you know, I'm trying to create a culture that people focus on, you know, what is their, you know, what do they really want? What are they faithful in? What, what would matter to them if they had it? And then family, you know, the, the people they surround themselves with and their friends and then their fitness, their health and well-being. How do they feel on a regular basis? Do they feel healthy or feel sluggish and tired? Uh, you know, they have to jolt themselves with some sort of sugary drink or caffeine. And, uh, you know, and then finally finances. And, uh, you know, but today I think people have, have got it backwards. They've, they're chasing the finances, thinking that all that's going to be solved, you know, all the faith, family, friends, and fitness is going to be solved. They just have the money, right? And so I don't think that, I don't think that works. I think they just get on a cycle of making more and more money, and then they get caught up in material um, needs and wants. And then it's, you know, there's, they've, they've, I think culturally, you know, generally, and, and I'm talking entrepreneurs because that's all I really focus on, but I think we've really lost our way, um, mm. you know, because we, you know, we don't, we don't focus our attention on the things that matter. We don't ask ourselves questions like, you know, what, what is my relationships like with my family, with my children, 
with my, with my spouse? Um, you know, what, uh, what is my health like? And, you know, uh, one being low, 10 being high based on our own perception of it. Right. You know, sure. you know, I mean, I like to ask the question, you know, like, uh, based on our own standards, do we feel that we're overweight? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, that's a hard one to swallow. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think I could take off 10 or 15 or 20, <laughs> you know? 30, 40, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think the three pillars are relationships, career and health and Sometimes, you know, I think of it, I think we're intentionally imbalanced on, you know, on one of them usually, but that's okay. As long as we're not totally off balance and neglecting our relationships with our family, neglecting our health, you know, because as soon as those start to fail, we know what happens. <laughs> Business goes down the pipes too. And yep. then, then we're trying to solve it all and figuring it out. And next thing you know, we end up at the chiropractors. And you know, that's a true story. I ended up at the chiropractors. I, had some I was there last week. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was there for a few weeks, maybe months, but, um, you know, and, and, and I was like, you know, I don't know what the issue was, but I was like in severe pain. And, and um, you know, I, I have a, an impression that life isn't happening to me. It's responding to me. So I start questioning, well, how did I invite this? <laughs> what yeah. Did they do, you know, that, so. that's a really good outlook. And, and, and again, it goes back to why I'm such a big fan of life balance. Hmm. I mean, a huge fan of that. Because I think everything, and, and you're right, and, and I have to admit, I was, when I first started out working online, or uh, entrepreneur, uh, I was kind of faking it till I made it. Mm-hmm. I was put such a big focus or belief on finances. And you're right, man, you nailed it. Boy, if I just had this money, it would take care of all the, everything else. In the meantime, relationships were ruined. Um, you know, health was just terrible. Um, working crazy, up super early, going to bed super late, getting three or four hours of sleep, doing it all over again for a long time. And it finally took its toll. And uh, I, I love the fact that you practiced the, the five Fs. Um, and I think it's really important. Uh, um, and this doesn't, while it's hugely relates to culture, I think it I think it relates to if you can't take care of yourself, how in the heck are you going to take care of anybody else or your business? Mm-hmm. And I think it, a lot of that has to do with mindset. Yeah, well it does because you know it's it's our outlook, right? It's it's what we what we know, what we believe in, our habits or practices and um uh you know and, and so if we're not clear on what we want and I find that's one of the greatest challenges I ask, I ask every client that I work with, what do you want? And they often have time, a hard time figuring that out. I actually have to work through a bit, of, you know, stuff just to get to the layer. What do you want, right? What is, you know, wh- why did you start your business? And most people don't even know why they, or, or they say, well, because I wanted the freedom and, you know, I didn't want to have a boss or whatever. Well, what else? You know, you know, if you had the freedom and you didn't have a boss, then what, right? And, and sometimes it's 18 years later and they still don't have that. And it's because they didn't even create a plan for it. So, you know. so let me ask, what did, what did you start your business for? Well, I started it actually because uh, I, I, I got the kick. I got the jolt. So, you know, I was, here's the thing. I don't have a whole lot of business experience. Well, uh, business education, let's say. So I did take a business course at university, but I actually dropped out because I wasn't, uh, I wasn't going to pass. Okay. <laughs> Honest. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was hard. hard, hard, hard. I, mean, I was studying geography, man. So, you know, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. So I go from that 
to operating a painting business. And that was, you know, I didn't fail huge, but I did. I, I you know, I ended up $3,000 in debt. So I was like, oh, I didn't make any money. Uh, and then, and then after that, I ended up going and, you know, working for a construction company. They put me in a backhoe and driving, <laughs> and, but then went from there to an office and I was working for a financial firm, uh, for the biggest broker in the firm. And, uh, you know, I ended up working there for a couple of years. And then my brother was starting a business. And next thing you know, I ended up in his business and we're operating a construction company for telecommunications. So putting mm-hmm. antennas and equipment on rooftops and, t- and poles and towers up and things like that. And um, so I did that with him and we built that to a million dollars in a few years. And um, but then I went from there and you know, we weren't we weren't uh, aligned. He wasn't going to give me part of the ownership of the business. And I got recruited. So. And I ended up doing project management for a wireless company. Never did that. Then I went and did real estate for another wireless company. These are the biggest telecom companies in Canada. And I went and did real estate. Never did that. And then I went for the I went and worked with the biggest landlord in Canada, which is social housing. They like they have like three hundred sixty billion three hundred sixty buildings, six billion assets, like just huge portfolio. And they had me come in and do wireless technology, media advertising, film production. Never did the other ones, but I knew the wireless. But I was generating revenue like crazy and uh, and just getting things organized. The CFO noticed and said, we're moving that acting manager out of that role and putting you in because you're making money. And, you know, so that's the kind of, but then, but then I had one child, I had a second one and I actually learned that I could take a parental leave in this quasi government. They gave me 36 weeks paid off. So, you know, wow, 90, 95% of my pay, right? I made more money staying at home because I wasn't traveling and all this, right? But anyway, so, and then what happened after that? I took that leave and I really felt it. I was like, whoa, what am I going back to? Three hour commute and, you know, on demand all the time and, you know, moving up this corporate ladder, senior manager, and it's like boring. And and so I, I, I was really bored and I, I reluctantly went back, but then I got recruited. And uh, I went to this other company. Three months later, boom, the axe came down. I got fired. Oh. Yeah. But that was the jolt. That, that was the kick, you know? You know? Like <laughs> the movie Inception, that's my kick, right? Like, I yeah. Got I was like, man, I, I felt it. And I was like, okay, this is not right for me. I can't live like this. And uh, so I started, I, I basically went to Costco, picked up a few things, called my wife and said, I just got like, <laughs> I'm looking at my life, you know, broadly now. And um Anyway, I, uh, I went home, but I, uh, I had a friend who was a therapist and I was talking with her and I said, you know, what should I do? And she says, well, what do you want? And I said, well, two things I really want to be is inspired, be with my family. And she goes, pray for it. I did. And then I got a call the next day from my friend's father, who's in his network marketing business. And I knew he was, he was successful. And he's telling me about a new product. And I'm like, in my mind, like, is this the answer? Like, <laughs> can't be, can't be. <laughs> you know? I don't really like that, but you know what? I just said yes, and you know, six months into it, and a lot of pain just trying to do that led me to Ogmandino. You know Ogmandino? No. Ogmandino wrote the world's greatest salesman, the Ten Scrolls. Uh, he was huh. editor of Success Magazine in his time. Uh, but uh, but anyway, long story short, Ogmandino, the CEO of Ogmandino, is Dave Blanchard. And I looked him up. I saw he had a video. He had a new book. He said, buy 10 of my books, get eight weeks of coaching. I'm like, man, I could use some coaching. I I don't know where I'm going, what I'm doing. (laughs) I just, I know I'm not going back to work Yeah, (laughs) uh, or a job. And, but anyway, um, I was going down to Salt Lake city for that network marketing business. 
And I looked up Dave, messaged him, said, can we have a coffee? He says, well, when do you fly out? I said, Sunday morning. He goes, come and stay at my house. Like, what? Yeah. That's crazy. So he invites me to his house. And then at the end of the day, I said, show me where you do your magic, your videos and your office space and everything, just to get a feel, right? And um, we talked. And then after that conversation, it was late at night. And he said, you know, Dan, I think you'd make a great coach. And, uh, and that was the catalyst. And um, wow. I came home. A friend of mine was doing work with Bob Proctor. I bought all of his programs, you know, and I had no job, no income, but I, I'm, I'm good with money. So I had cash. So I bought his programs, paid 7000 or 10000 And then next thing you know, she says, why don't we talk to his team? And I said, sure. And I'm talking to his team. And they said, you know what? Let's get Bob on the phone. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so <laughs> hours later, Bob's on the phone. He sells me on becoming a coach for him. And, um, you know, that, that was the beginning. But um, I know it's a wow. long story, but, you know, that's that's. You know, and I just kept saying yes after that. Then I co-authored a book with Jack Canfield, uh, Dennis Waitley, and Deepak Chopra. So, so the so the why was you wanted to do something that made you feel inspired, and that you could take care of your family and just be with them. Yeah, be enjoy. And life you just you just didn't know what it was. Yeah, I had no clue, but that was the prayer. That was the ask. Right? And 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 now you get a lot of energy out of coaching. Tons, tons. I see transformations every time I talk to somebody. I mean, I ask them, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I ask, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how is the coaching today? 10, <laughs> 10, 10, 10. I'm like, give me a nine. You know, I want to know how to improve. Like, yeah. But, uh, oh, that's yeah. fantastic. You know, for me, it's like I use UPod, under promise, over deliver. That's my, that's my, you know, my rhythm, my, uh, my frequency. So UPod, I love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, um, so one more question, and then um, I'm going to ask how people can get in touch with you. Yeah. What does culture mean to you? Well, I'll think of it from a standpoint of, uh, of business culture, because, um, because that's, that's what I look at when I talk to people. I'm thinking, you know, what is their culture? How do they operate? You know, what is their focus? So, um, so from a, stand, a business standpoint, I think that Culture means, you know, our practices, our perceptions, our perspective of life, our mindset, you know, those, those all matter because everything we're doing, our thoughts, feelings, actions, emotions, they're compounding all the time. And that makes us who we are. That, that creates our culture, right? It creates, it creates a culture inside, but also creates a culture around us, especially if people respect us and follow us. Both bad or good. Yeah. You know, I mean, I could, I could just be a nasty person, you know, based on what I learned from my parents, but I decided there's a negative not. culture there. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to, I don't have to agree with that. Right. I can yeah. choose not to. So, uh, so yeah, when I'm talking with my clients, the culture that I'm really impressing upon them, if they grasp it is the five F's, the faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. But if they don't, I always start with what is your health? Uh, on a scale of one to 10, what are your relationships? One out of 10 and your career and where do you want them to go? Because if they can, they can get some sort of rhythm in there, not necessarily a perfect balance, but just a mm. rhythm of some kind, right? Where it's like, you know, business over here, family over here and relationships and, and health here. And they can just, you know, keep that in flow, right? It may not be a perfect balance. Like I said, it could be an intentional imbalance just to get something humming, right? Get the habits flowing with it. And then, you know, like a morning ritual. How many people have a morning ritual? Get up, drink your coffee, check messages. That's not a morning ritual. <laughs> you, know, right. you know, for me, a morning ritual is I get up, I write gratitudes. I, I do reading, writing, setting intentions uh, and reading my intentions. I go for a walk in nature. I do some fitness and some yoga and some breathing and, 
you know, an hour and a half later, then I'll check on and see what other people's agendas are and what they want. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, I've, I had such a bad habit of waking up 20 minutes for my first meeting, trying to sleep in. And a couple of days ago, I woke up about an hour and a half early than I normally do. And I went in, cleaned up the kitchen. I did turn the dishwasher on. Uh, what else? I, uh, Oh, I, I, I did a little vacuuming, a very light vacuuming, um, took the dog out, fed the dog. And then I sat down and I'm like, holy cow, I still have 45 minutes before my first meeting. This is amazing. And I felt so relaxed for that first meeting and ready to go rather than wiping the sleep out of my eyes or, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and it's such a big difference. Um, that, that hour a day no one else, there's nothing else scheduled for that time. Why not take advantage of it? Go to bed a little bit earlier, wake up earlier and yeah. take care of some stuff. Like I think, what was it? The, uh, it was some general, I forgot his name, but he said um, the most powerful thing he can do during the day is when he wakes up, makes his bed. Yeah. Yeah. And these are, these are the kinds of things like, I don't talk to my clients about making their beds, but, but, yeah, but, but that's, that's creating order in their day, right? Yeah. You're but, completing but, a task. Yeah. You know, there's, there's one thing I would never give up and that's my morning routine. Never, never, never. It doesn't matter where I am in the world or whatever I'm doing. Right. It doesn't matter if I'm on a balcony in a hotel running on the spot because I don't want to wake up my family. I make sure I do my pattern because it sets me up emotionally, physically, mentally throughout the day. Because, you know, we start off with all the willpower that we can have. And then it just shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and shrinks until we have nothing at the end of the day. And we're like, oh, my God, I'm going to hit the sofa or bed or whatever, <laughs> right? And that's – so if you can set yourself up mentally, physically, emotionally for the day, then we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's our future self, our future pacing. Love that. You know, and, and it's so important. So, you know, there's you got to maintain, stuff. right? There's maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, so I can't – I just – I can't live without it now, it seems like. It's just – it becomes such an ingrained pattern. It's yeah. And it's getting bigger now. Today, I realize it's more like an hour and a half to two hours. That's oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. well, that's fantastic. I think that's great. This is really cool for people to latch on to because I think morning routines are so, because that sets the precedent for how your day is going to be, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and had I not done what I did, uh, I wouldn't have realized what a powerful impact it made on on my entire day. I mean, just from my sheer energy to my perception on viewing how the day is going. It completely changed everything. I absolutely love that. That's a great tip. How do people get in touch with you? Well, you know, I'm, I'm happy to provide them with a solution to help them have more time and space because that's yes. what I love. I, I love it. I, I get my clients tell me, I just got 10 hours back this week. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. And they did once and I'm going to let the cat out of the bag, they, you know, have a stop doing list or an avoid at all cost list. That's, that's one of the things, but that's only one of the seven time saving secrets that I'm sharing with you right now. But you know, just them stopping something is like 10 hours. I'm like, where do you get 10 hours in a week? You know, so that's you know, insane. One client got 14 hours. <laughs> I was like, what? So uh, where do they go to get that? So they go to danlefave.com forward slash save time now. So danlefave.com forward slash save time now. And there's, there's a download there. They can get the seven, seven time saving secrets. And it's basically just 
you know, simple steps that you can take. You don't have to do an hour and a half, two hour practice. That's not what I'm suggesting. It's just simple incremental steps because you can't jolt yourself into change. There's just no way, you know, the emotional cycle of change will mess you up all the time. <laughs> yeah. So that's danlefave.com and it's D-A-N-L-E-F-A-V-E.com, danlefave.com. I'll also put that in the show notes, danlefave.com forward slash save time now. Um, yeah. Go to danlefave.com forward slash save time now. Um, is there anything else, Dan, that you'd like to say before we wrap? Well, you know, I think that, you know, people who uh, are tuning into this and listening to this, they should realize that this is for them. It's not just by accident. Like I said, life isn't happening to us. It's responding to us. So if you're hearing this information, then don't just listen to it and dismiss it. Make some notes you know, mm. and, then, and then maybe pick mm. an action, maybe one, two or three, just, you know, some simple things. But that's it, you know, mm. and um, and then get to work on it. And, uh, and then s- and reflect on it. Like I said, Steve Jobs says, we connect the dots looking backwards. So if we get to work on it and we get to the end of the week and said, hey, I stopped doing some things this week, like social media or something like that. And I just got back four hours of life. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's amazing. You just can't, you can't put a price on that. No, you can't. Um, time, time is everything. Time is, is the, time is everything to me. Uh, you know, and, and, Sure, you're going to have bad times, you're going to have good times, but why not try and make more good times? Right. And we're dealers in time. We're dealers in time. We don't realize it, you know? And then we're like talking time management. We don't manage our time. We manage our tasks. So choose what we're going to do with our time and get in, get ahead of it and then do it, right? And then, then you yeah. can reflect and say, oh, that was a great day. <laughs> why? Well, because I did those things that I said I was going to do. And I, I know I'm going to feel good about them because I did them, right? Bike yeah. riding with my kids at noon. That's an awesome thing. That makes yeah. me happy, right? I can put that on my. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love the fact that it, it, this is this is what I'd leave with today, and and I want to leave um, an impression in other people's minds is figure out why you're doing what you're doing. I think that's really important to know why. I think that was a huge question that most of your people didn't have an answer to. Dan was. Why are you doing what you're doing? And then think of that story or that transition point. Why did you get into this business? Or why are, Why did you get into this marriage? Why did you I'd figure that out? And I think it, if you already know it, take some time to reflect on it at, at the very least. And maybe this could be a subtle reminder of saying, hey, remember why you got into this? <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think about it as purpose. So uh, I even have a full page, which is my purpose statement. And I read Mm. it every morning and every night, every morning and every night, reminding myself, this is my purpose. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Sacrificing what I'm sacrificing. Yeah. It's like, it's a statement, right? It's, it's a few paragraphs. It's on a page. And I read the thing every morning and every night, just to remind myself, Hey, remember (laughs) what you're doing in life, right? Because if you get to the end of your life, you want to be able to say, I did those things. I feel good. It is so much better to say, I am doing, I did, than I hope to do that one day. Yeah. Number one regret of people in hospice that are, you know, on their way out, they didn't risk the, you know, they didn't risk take take the risk they thought they should have and they didn't go for what they wanted. They didn't figure out what that was and then didn't go for it. So don't I will never have that problem. (laughs) (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Me neither. I've been infected. I'm not gonna go back. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. 
All right. Well, uh, thanks so much, uh, Dan, for your time today. Really appreciate that great insight. Obviously, you're the man. Um, Dan the man. <laughs> um, so go to danlefave.com forward slash save time now. Again, I'll put it in all the show notes. Please go check this out. If you have an opportunity to ever speak with Dan, I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, there's so many, he has so many ideas and so many, he, he understands and he's very quick to identify uh, challenge areas. And and one of the things that I'll say this, and Dan is right here on video. I'm looking at him right now, but I'm saying this as if he's not here. And, and Dan, please forgive me. But one of the greatest things that I've found in talking with you is I may say something or mention something or something was challenging and you never look at me or make me feel bad for not knowing something or for being incorrect on something. You have an incredible way of uh, sharing um agreeing, understanding, and then um, uh, offering suggestions or help, or this is what I've found has been able to help me type of, of, of responses. And I just, I just want to thank you for that because uh, we need more of that in the world. And I think uh, that's one of the things I think I'm, I'm so excited and attracted to what it is that you're doing um, because uh, you're very kind uh, you're very driven, but you're very kind in your delivery. And uh, so that this is uh, just a, a little positive feedback from from myself. And anybody else gets an opportunity to ever chat with you, I am sure you will find uh, a similar uh, uh, type of feeling uh, if you're if you're to ever talk with Dan. So Dan, I just wanted to say thank you for the time that you've given me and, and all of that because it, it really has... Um, uh, impacted me. So I want to say thank you. Awesome. And thank you. Yeah. It's an honor to be here and be able to share, you know, it's just one, one, one person at a time. We just, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I'll go ahead and wrap up again, go to danlefave.com forward slash forward slash save time. Now, my name is Jamie J host of culture Eat strategy, where we lead with kindness and find others that do the same. Uh, hope you got a lot out of this. Uh, go check out the show notes there and learn more about Dan. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, if you are listening to this and you want to go check out the show notes, um, if you're driving, pull over before you write this down or just replay it, pause it, go to culture.bottleneck.online to learn more about the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon.